Awakening the faithful, reaching the lost, and making church matter. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. If you love your parish, listen to this podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. I'm Kelly Lippenholtz, joined by Tom today. How you doing, Tom? Happy towards the end of summer, Kelly. Ah, yes. End of July, coming up on August. Oh, man. I love the summer. (laughs) I don't want it to be over. I like hot, humid weather here. You really like hot, humid weather? I do. Really? I do. Better than the winter. I mean, I like summer for the pace. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. Hot and humid weather, I can can do without. Yeah. um, The pace is nice, too. Yeah, it just is a. Hopefully everyone's got like I don't know. Maybe you haven't gotten rest. Sorry, because yeah. no, it's probably not coming. Just at slow this point. down. You got to slow down. Yeah, but uh, I do like the pace. I I can do it without the hot and humid. I, yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm moving really... south when I retire. There you go. I'm making my children go to college in the south too. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking, Tom, a lot about um, shaping a clear discipleship I know. path. This is the final one in the series, I know. and like that we have. You know, it seems it's been like five months. Yeah, we started probably recording this in the winter, so yeah. now here it is, end of summer or towards the end of summer, mm-hmm. and now we're gonna we're gonna finish it up. So it's like we'll have nothing left to talk about. I know. Well, we'll this is a know. this is a big one. This yeah. is a hard one. I yeah. think probably one that Catholics leave behind a little bit. Okay, maybe that's true. But well, I mean, we'll plenty, I'm joking. We have always plenty to talk about. Yep. So always, uh, we'll be back next month with the new podcast, and then so. Uh, September, we're going to do a different one. We're going to talk about a little about vision and strategy okay. and tactics and how that all plays out. Mm. You, that's <laughs> your favorite thing, right? Don't you love that? I like it, but I realize I'm trying to prepare um, and working on that already. I'm like, oh, okay. I, got, I need to do some research. I need a little bit of homework because um, a lot of stuff out there. But then October podcast, we're going to talk about money. That's my favorite subject. That's <laughs> your favorite subject. Because, and we already have talked about this in the series, we're going to talk about our, our book, Church Money, comes out September 13th on Amazon. So, wow. Um, yeah. And, and for people that are interested, we're going to, there'll be an opportunity to, um, we'll be sending out, just pay attention or email if you want to get the book early mm-hmm. uh, and give some feedback about it and, prom- and and help get the word out about that. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, so, so people can get a copy of the book early so they can read it and review it on Amazon. Yeah. We'll be sending out an email might be going this week or next week to kind of jump on that train so okay, if you want great. to we'll give you give you a free book if you'll you'll kind of help us get the word out about it so church money what's church. it about it's about <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just i was talking sec- seriously for a second yeah about money in the church and about but what jesus said about money and the, how the early church said about money and, and kind of looking at it from a whole new different perspective you know so many yeah. people are not to get too much into it but you know it's we we need money in the church, but no one wants to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And you need to handle money. We've talked about this here, money well to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So uh, we're, we'll dig more into that book, different than our, our Steps podcast um, on money and giving. So Great. So that's October, and the book comes out September 13th. Yeah, September 13th. Great. So there you go. So we've been talking about identifying the habits, practices, and disciplines that are vital for making disciples. And here at Nativity, we've created some systems and some structures that support those what we call steps five steps and one of the things that we said was to communicate them over and over again right until you're very tired of hearing them yep when you and your staff are tired of hearing them that's when you've communicated it enough right yeah right until you're sick of hearing it then you probably have not said it enough so Mm -hmm. yeah identify those habits create systems and structures support them and commute them over and over again and the way we do that we suggest is way we branded our steps right which we've gone over Serve in ministry or missions, tithe and give, engage in a small group, practice prayer and sacraments, share your faith. And if you've missed any of those podcasts, you know, any any of those things, you can go back and listen yeah, to those podcasts. Yeah, you can podcasts. go back and listen. 
And if you're like me, like I kind of like miss podcasts and I just like put play and it just keeps listening to the same person a couple of times. And then I get sick of listening to them and I got to switch somebody else. I you know? switch it up. Like if you long drive, yeah. like you listen to two or three in a yep, row. Yep. And they're like, all right, I'm you sick of hearing them. I need someone yeah. different, you know, and we won't be offended <laughs> if you listen to two or three in a row, but right. then go switch to somebody else. Just listen to us. So Yeah. So that's our, so that's an acronym for us called STEPS. We've, we've put, made it uh, an acronym because it's memorable and it's easy to communicate. And the last step is share your faith, which is for us as evangelization, right? Uh, which even that needs to be talked about is reaching outsiders, you know, people unconnected to Christ and his church. And it's important to define it that way because often evangelization gets watered down. Like you'll see a lot of like these diocesan offices, archdiocesan offices or diocesan offices, they'll have the department of evangelization. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, it means nothing about reaching outsiders. It's always about like adult faith formation programs or oh. um, schools or things like that. It, and, and evangelization means to spread the gospel, but right. we specifically saying mm. to spread the gospel to people who don't yet know the gospel or outside the church. I think it's a very important distinction to make. Um, you know, we separate discipleship and evangelization, and they're two totally different things. Mm. Now, one of the things we believe, though, is to grow as a disciple, you have to learn to evangelize so right. and share your faith. So, But just very clear, when we say share your faith or evangelization, we mean it's very, being very clear about reaching people not already in the church and don't have a relationship with Christ, unconnected to Christ and his church. So, okay. That's uh, very important to be clear about that. Um, you know, and so we will say the lo- in our book, we call it the lost, mm-hmm. which can be offensive, I guess. I don't know if I call uh, you lost. You don't think so? Well, I don't find it to be offensive because I think I'm lost all the time. So. <laughs> I just don't. But but I mean, I guess it's <laughs> really good. That's, I do. <laughs> that's good. I consider myself to be lost um, <laughs> often. You know, like sometimes I don't too. feel lost, and a lot of times I do feel lost. So I don't find it offensive at all. I just that's, find it to be true. Uh, but I guess some people might. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If, if you don't know you're lost, then you might be offended by that. Like that's oh, true. Like if if I told a friend of mine who thinks they know where they're going in life and they yeah. know where they're going, they have a great yeah. career. Right. You right. tell them they're lost. Right, but. It, they're, they could be going again. They're going. They're headed for a train wreck. They don't know it. If like, yeah, if they have no faith in this great successful career of theirs. Yeah. They, so yeah, they think they got it all together, and and they don't. Right. Because you know, one thing about being lost is you don't. You're lost before you know you're lost. Yeah. So yeah. it could be offensive to people. And, but, and there's a lot of things you can think about being lost. You could just think like, oh, I'm depressed. And, you know, because I, I went through a lot of that. Look, I'm just I'm just a restless person. I'm just I'm depressed. I just don't have the job I love yet. Like I went through a lot of searching right. before I came to Jesus as yeah. the answer. Yeah. And that, and that could be the point. And that is a good point is some people are lost and know they're lost. And so they're probably more open to the message. Mm-hmm. And some people are lost and they don't know they're lost and they're not going to be, you know, so that turn could be offensive. But any, yeah. and even way, just where do we get that? Obviously, the Gospels, especially Luke 15, right. you know, Jesus tells three different parables about lost items. Mm-hmm. And they, they kind of raise in value from a lost coin to a lost sheep to a lost son, you know. Mm. Um, and so... This is the, the language Jesus used in Matthew's gospel. I think it's mostly in Matthew and Luke. You know, Matthew's gospel, he talks about, I came to the lost children of Israel. Um, again, we talked about that. Jesus, you know, just headed in the wrong direction. So I have a note there, Daniel. <laughs> you might wonder what that is. Do you wonder what that Daniel is? Daniel and the girls' Girl? soccer team. Yeah. Is this Daniel Girl Miller? On the soccer team. Yes, stu- it is. Our student minister. Yeah, so he shared the story. He doesn't know that I'm using this today. Oh, but He would give permission. Well, yeah, and, and I'm not sure even how much I can tell because, but he talked about, I, I, you know, I asked the kind of friend, I'm like, who are your best friends? 
at the church because I think that's good to have friends and we were just having it. And then he talked about difficulty having friends like outside of church, like mm-hmm. his soccer team. And there was this girl on his team who's married and essentially they went out to the bar hang out and she he saw her. Oh, no. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Oh, so, yeah. That, so – um, with with another guy that was that was that was not. Hopefully she's not listening to this podcast. I doubt she would be. <laughs> well, but some there's someone who's, there. Yeah. There is somebody lost, right? And yep. so, you know, partly I was like to, to Daniel, like, yeah, and that's true. Like, you can't really be kindred friendship with that because we're looking for people to share our values and all that. Right. But it's to have the heart for that person. Like, mm-hmm. on one hand, we can be. There's two different reactions. In some ways we can be repulsed, and what is being done, you know, adultery is pretty repulsive. Right. Um, but the same point that the heart is you know it's love the sinner love the sinner hate the sin essentially yeah, sure and so i just bring that up as a, again we know they're lost and they're doing things that are not in their ultimate self yeah. self-interest so um yeah but we're gonna get into how to reach out to that lost yes. person then right because i think a lot of people think like well what am i supposed to do about that and mm-hmm. you know because i have a friend who who participates in some things i don't um, right. value and it's difficult to be with her sometimes. And I've decided I can't be with her sometimes. Um, yeah. I can be with her like for breakfast or lunch, but not for dinner or later evening activities. Um, yeah. but right. so like what, you know, like what is it that I do? Do I just invite her to church? Do I tell her, do I call out her sin? Like, I guess, I don't know. We just, yeah. we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's just one evangelization to the lost, and then we could even say it's two different groups from there. You know, the lost mm-hmm. are unchurched and they're dechurched. Right. Right. So, unchurched, and they've never been brought in a Christian home or was rarely brought to church. You know, yep. there was, there's just, there's not a faith background yeah. there whatsoever. And sometimes unchurched, we, do we make up these words? Unchurched and dechurched are not real words, are they? I don't think they're real words, but they become real words. Yeah, you know? they have yeah. become real. Like <laughs> so. uh, unchurched people are often very curious and open. I have found, um, but that's teenagers. I've worked with teenagers for so long that I've found teenagers who are unchurched to be very curious. Well, in some ways, you have an advantage as, as we get to the de church in a minute, is because like they're not soured or bitter at right. necessarily the church. Now yeah. they might have a negative image because of media or, or whatever, but mm-hmm. they don't have any personal experiences that are right. are, are are keeping them. So they just never. Never went to church, you know. Yeah. The de-churched are people who have left, and sometimes right. for very good reasons. And I yeah. think that's one of the things people need to pause with. Like, are a lot of times we in church world, we like, well, they left, and it's their fault. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. if you heard their stories, you'd be like, I'd leave too, yeah. or no, no wonder why you left. Or yes. again, it could be, you know, um, again, some they've been hurt by church people, right? Or there's been people they love have been hurt by church people, yeah. And, in abuse or, or whatever, or just mean to them or, you know, rude to them. And, you know, yeah, sometimes the, they look at those, just go ahead. I was just going to say just the opposite of, of what Christians want to be known for, what Jesus asked us to be known for, for loving each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some, right. And, or sometimes cause it was boring. Yep. Um, again, so sometimes they just fell away. They're mm-hmm. de-churched. They didn't intent. They never made like an intentional decision to say, I'm going to stop going to church. But we're in a culture that does not promote it anymore. Right. And so if you let yourself flow just with the culture, you're going to probably become the church. You know, I remember a, a guy a few years ago, and I haven't seen him in a while, but I remember he came back. He's like, I just, you know, no real reason. I just let life yeah. get in the way. He's like, quite mm-hmm. honestly, just sports got in the way. And like, now I'm coming back. Yeah, just allowed other things to become a priority. And, and there wasn't enough here in the church keeping them coming yeah, back, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, so... Just I think even when we say unchurched and dechurched, 
um, we need to look at that. And then I think a lot of times people blame it's like the moral reasons or the doctrinal reasons. And I don't really believe that's a very big, and that's just his personal belief. So I, I don't have any like a statistic or something to base this on. But Yeah, I think, it seems like personal offense is usually, or just the passive, eh, it just yeah. fell away. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, personal offense. They've been offended. Um, and again, we, or they've gotten bored. And I think, you know, a lot of times people, and that's why I get annoyed a little bit, I do think, when people are like saying, well, the church has to change its doctrine or change its stance on a moral oh, issue right, because right, right. of this. And then they'll come back. I'm like, I don't I don't really think so. I don't think that's really the issue that's keeping people away. Yeah. Um, yeah, they might be using that one. And I, and I think it's important. I point that out because I think a lot of times as church people, when people stop, we, we use that as a kind of defense mechanism, say we don't really need to change things or try hard. Mm. Because well, it's our we, it's because we believe right and they don't believe right. Mm. Like, no, again, people follow Jesus, and, right. and it didn't, and they they were attracted to him, even though he had very different beliefs about how they should live their yeah. lives. Yeah, oh, that's good, Tom. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and just talk about why this should matter to your church. Looking for practical ways to grow your church? Looking to come together with like-minded church leaders who want to build healthy, growing parishes? Look no further, as the Rebuilt Conference is the place for you. On April 26th through the 28th, 2020, come to the Rebuilt Conference, where you'll be given inspiration to ignite your rebuilding efforts. Come here from engaging keynote speakers, to be challenged to do more in your parish, and experience the renewal of the Rebuilt Movement. For more information about the 2020 Rebuilt Conference, visit RebuiltParish.com. Welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. We are talking about the fifth and final step in the discipleship path that we have here at Nativity, sharing your faith. And, and Tom, right before the break, we just said that there's two different types of people that we like to focus on. Well, there's one type, the lost, but two types that kind of fall under that is unchurched and dechurched people, people that have left the church um, for some reason or another, or people that were just never even brought up in a Christian home and, and don't really know the gospel. So why? Well, there's plenty of people that go to church and still don't know the gospel, too. Well, so. that's true, too. I wanted to say that, but I didn't want to derail you at the beginning. But I wanted to say there's a lot of lost people in the pews, too. Yes. But we have them here. They're here. And so they can. Yeah. We got them. We, we, we got gotta, their ear, perhaps. Yeah. We got to keep preaching the gospel even to the people that are in, in the church as we struggle to get the timer back <laughs> on. Just a little behind the scenes thing. But anyway, now we got it going. Yes. So. We're good. So we, we don't want to keep you too long. No. So. We try to keep these crisp yes anyway. so why does this matter like why why is it our job to evangelize people I and mean, if they want to come to church they'll come to church right yeah i mean i think we start with jesus and jesus said it matters go and make disciples of all nations mm-hmm. you know everyone <laughs> so if like the apostles were wondering well how many disciples are supposed to make when we fulfill our quota when can we stop jesus said make disciples of all nations so um Jesus said this is our mission. This is what he said he was about, you know, is that he came to seek and save the lost. And so when it comes to, and we'll kind of get in this second, though, people's own personal growth, if you're going to grow closer to Jesus, you're going to care about what he cared about. You're going to care about his mission. And so uh, I think it's, again, we are stunting our growth, personal and corporate growth, if we don't care what Jesus said about. So, I mean, Jesus said to do it, so we should do it. I think it's in some ways that simple. Um, there you go for that. But. I, have you ever read the book Radical by David Platt? 
about going and making disciples. The whole book is based on going and making disciples of all nations. Okay. No, I have not. I did a Bible study on it once, and um, the all nations things really got me. Can you say a word about that? Like, it sounds like you got more insight than me. I mean, well, I, would... I was angry about it. Okay. I was because he was kind of saying like everybody is on mission to go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, okay. Like and I have to be on disciple, make disciples. I of have all to be a missionary. Everyone's oh. a missionary. Okay. So anyway, I just I, somehow I, I that rubbed you the wrong way. It rubbed yeah. me the wrong way because I don't. It's not everybody's called to go into a third world country and preach the gospel to people who haven't heard it. We can preach to all the nations right here in Timonium, Maryland. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to understand what his argument was, but, uh, uh, you it, know. It, well, I'll have to pass the book on to you. Okay. but There's probably some good stuff in it, but yeah, I, I, mean, I just remember being really stuck on that. Like, I, I mean, I like to say, look, that, that's the universal call of the church. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but we live in a parish, so we're responsible for a geographic area. Right. And probably there's enough missionary territory right here in Timonium, right? There's not... You know, mm, it's a good way to say it. So, yeah. I mean, I think there is something about going on mission, and we definitely sure we support that, that and, and right. that kind of thing. But again, we're mission territory where we are. The United States yeah. is mission ter- territory. Mm. So, I, yeah, I think it'd be a fun discussion and an argument. But yeah, yeah. The reality is, again, wherever you are right now, go make disciples because again, there's plenty of people who are not followers of Jesus in yeah. your life. So, yeah. um, you know, so that's number one because Jesus said. Number two is just that. This is just so obvious, but I don't know how, like, I feel like sometimes we have a tremendous grasp with the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> but for the church to grow, we got to reach people we're not currently reaching. I mean, mm-hmm. I think in places we're like, well, the church is shrinking, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, do you want it to grow? Yeah. Well, that means there's got to be people, people. <laughs> here that aren't currently coming. I mean, it's <laughs> as, and we don't want to just steal fish, right? We're not trying to steal other people's parishioners. So, right. um, you know, and I think, and this is the problem we're feeling, right? Empty pews, empty churches, and yeah. so we gotta get people who aren't who aren't currently coming. I don't know. I, I, There's no other way to say it. <laughs> I know it's an obvious thing. You know, and again, if a business wants to grow, it goes out and reaches new customers, mm-hmm. or it's you know, it steals other people's customers. Right. But again, as a, that's not what we're trying to trying to do as a church. We're not trying to steal fish. We're trying. To, we're going fishing. No, so. and our, people are, get very uncomfortable sometimes when you start to compare church to a business and, and marketing ourselves, but that's part of what we have to do. We're marketing Jesus, though, right? Yeah, I don't think... It, uh, yeah, if you say the church is a business, right, that's incomplete, but it can learn from businesses. And again, partly I say that because in our American culture, you know, the business of America is business. We kind of understand business principles. And so right. that helps us to understand more what we're what yeah, we're yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think also, again, churches get energized when it joins the mission of Jesus. So actually, Father Michael just sent out an article to us about keeping people engaged in the church and attendance up and how even this guy from North Point Ministries and about how they struggle with attendance right now. Mm. But he said one of the key things to keep somebody attending is that they're on mission with you. So... If I come to church and I am trying to create a church for other people to want to come to, I come energized about that different. It energizes me differently. Mm-hmm. There's a different energy, I think, in our church because we are trying to reach people who do not currently come. You think about things differently, like how are, when you are constantly on the lookout for who is not there yeah. and wanting to have hospitality and acting as if every week there are guests and people who have not who are unconnected to Christ in his church and are coming. It just 
It's a different energy, a different vibe. I don't. Yeah. Do you, you're saying yes. So I am nodding that? my head. It's it's so true. Um, but it's hard to identify what that energy is. I agree. It's there and it's felt. And the only thing that that I can really think of is that um, around here we talk about like our one day person. You know, we all have this one person everybody probably does that would like that person to come to church like Daniel would like to invite his friend on the soccer team to come to church I would like to invite my friend to come to church and I do all the time and one day she's going to come and that's who I think about walking in the door and she came once and she felt it big time right she's like was well, there something so different about this place everybody's so kind like you can you can feel the energy you want you want your friend to walk into this environment that feels I, it's hard to put words to it. Yeah, the environment I, that feels happy and safe and um, it energized, full of life. We're, we're energized because we're on mission with Jesus. Yeah. And I, I do think that is a little bit, you know, I, the number one thing for churches, and there's a couple of ch- churches I visited recently, and I, I want to, again, if, as a church, to keep coming back to, and this is really about personal spiritual growth, but because we're talking about the steps, but again, it feeds the corporate it's got to animate everything you do. Like, I mean, and not, not, it's got to be the driving focus when we come to gather on Sundays is that, and not everything we do, but the mindset that there are people that I, we want to be reaching the unchurched and people coming to church for the first time through this service and, yeah. and through this worship. And if, like that's there. It, it just changes everything. I can't. I'm trying to think of another way to say this. It's very more, more clearly it, and articulately. Daniel and I have been talking about it a lot too. Like, what is it about focusing on the unchurched that gives us so much energy and engages the people who are quote unquote churched? Right. Like they love it too. Like somehow you reach them when you're trying to reach the unchurched yep. because of that energy, because because you're asking them to join you in this mission, because we're joining Jesus in the mission, there's energy around it that's just hard to explain. Yeah. and But that's the first thing, my, you know, my mom, and I, I think other churches have asked this too, well, what about the people who are in the pews? What yeah. What about us? Well, it becomes, you know, look, they use the analogy of the Dead Sea all the time, right? It's like, it's always, it's receiving in, but not giving out. Mm-hmm. And a church that is giving out and and like flowing out and hoping to accept new in so they can flow back out um, just has a health. Yeah. There's I, I, What I wrote says, if churches that stop caring about evangelization are on a path to irrelevance and death. Mm. <laughs> it's a strong statement. <laughs> yeah, but you don't matter. As soon as you don't care about reaching new people anymore. Mm-hmm. And again, it's got to be in your worship event to our worship every weekend our sunday mass then again the energy is start going to start waning right away Mm -hmm. um it's it creates energy to care about that so um healthy parishes exist to evangelize and reach for lost and they just it just must be in our culture i don't don't, yeah i don't know no i think that's enough okay i mean maybe we can think about it a little bit more but it doesn't feel like it gets it all right though right i know it it feels like we should be able to explain why in a bigger way and it's just true (laughs) yeah (laughs) just just believe us (laughs) Uh, um you know again i think we when it comes to people so then when it comes to personal growth right we are stretched right um, yeah, if we're being asked to welcome new people all the time, we are being stretched. Our faith is being stretched. And yeah. that's, I think that's part of the energy, too, that comes. Yeah. Um, so it helps us when we're living our lives to care about people. 
Uh, we live with a different lens and approach to the people we meet. Um, you know, faith is gross when it's shared. So again, if, if, if I, if I, I mean, if I, and I look, and here's a confession, I don't do this all the time. I, I want better my life to be that I am on the lookout constantly for the lost mm-hmm. instead of, I care about where I'm going to park yeah, or yeah, how yeah. I get in now. The, the th- the, that's another, that's another good reason. That's the other piece of the energy is when you take the focus off of yourself and all these things like, where am I going to park and how close am I getting? Yeah. And can and I, I mean, sneak out early? Yeah. And I didn't even mean here at church. I mean, like, if I'm going to the grocery store, yeah, yeah. I'm going running errands. Like, I just care about me. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I have me something too. to get done. <laughs> and, you know, or I'm on the plane or I'm tr- whatever. Yeah. And, you know, the growth for me personally is like to start, again, opening my eyes. Again, yeah. everybody I meet is somebody Slow for whom Jesus died bit. for. Yep. Mm. And could Jesus want to use me to bring them into a relationship with him? So... Um, yeah, so it's the corporate and the, and the, and the personal growth come from when I start caring about people or start thinking about the people in my life Mm -hmm. who need Jesus, it forces me to love them in a different way than any other way. Mm. Awesome. Okay. All right. So, so how do we do this? What's the strategy behind this? Yeah. And I, you know, the unwritten strategy out there, I think a lot of places is go out, make people Christians and then bring them (laughs) in, right? Do apologize. That's impossible. That's impossible. Right. God you, draws people to himself. Well, what I mean is like you go out and do the hard work. You do yeah. apologetics. You right, convince right. them about convince Jesus. Them. Then you, they become a believer and then mm-hmm. you, they can come belong. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's the kind of, and then, you know, the, the, the kind of thing I think it's more kind of growing is understanding, let people belong and then you'll bring them to believe. Right. So, um, again, evangelization is a culture we create. It's not a program you would administer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we try to create that culture on the weekends. And then our, our simple thing is invest and invite. Um, so what we're challenging people to do is invest in family members, friends, coworkers who don't have a church and when appropriate to invite them. So again, that go back to be on the lookout. And I guess we're not so much be on the lookout for the, although we could probably encourage us a little bit more of like the person you meet in the grocery store or the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Or, Cause some people are, are friendlier than you and I, Kelly, they'll, they'll talk to people. Yeah. I don't talk to people. <laughs> right. I keep my head down. Right. So there's, but there I mean, everybody even people. has people just in their life that they do know Yes, that like that they talk to on a regular basis that it, they could invest in right. a little more and invite. Yeah. And that all goes back to though. You got to have that culture on the weekends that helps to do that. So. And we talk about it a lot. I mean, we, we hand out invitation cards and, and yeah, just, so how do we set people up for success is we create a great weekend experience. Mm-hmm. They want to invite their yeah. friends here. Yeah, We have our ministry teams. We have, mm-hmm. you know, the message, you know, we try to communicate as if outsiders are there. You know, music is accessible. It's contemporary praise and worship music, which is accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with the music, you have to need to pay attention. It doesn't have to be contemporary praise and worship music per se, but it should be, or what we play, but it should be accessible to the community. Right. Which a lot of times is. Um, and then, yeah, how do we make set them up for success? We give our what well, you're just saying, give insiders tools to to make it easy to for make them. it easy yeah. for them um, to make those invitations. So things like cards, you know, one of the things. So we try to also give them tools and also a little bit of language, like mm. or opportunities. Hey, the beginning of a series is the best time to invite. Mm. You know, Brian said that last weekend, right? right? The best time to invite somebody is when we begin a brand new series. Oh, like okay, we're just reminding them. Oh, yeah, I should probably invite somebody. Um, you know, we, we give cards as tools, you know, we, we try to drip into our communication. Like, you know, if you're not, you know, sometimes like at the end of mass, when I say, if you've somebody brought here, brought you here, so they'd buy you lunch. Right. Uh, that's, I'm not telling that to the person who came. I'm telling that to the person right. in the pews to say, 
oh, maybe I could invite somebody to lunch and maybe they would come join me for mass. So um, I think we set them up for success by kind of like giving them little ideas of how they Mm -hmm. can invest in people and then invite them to come. Um, Some other things we're learning here, um, uh, when it comes to coming to church too, uh, and this is really more about about evangelization than kind of personal growth, but uh, when people come here, we let people self-identify. Like some churches will be like, raise your hand if you're new. The new person does not want to do that. No. <laughs> None. Not even the extroverted new people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so let people self-identify. One of the ways we've learned to do that is by like, hey, go to the Next Steps kiosk and that right. kind of thing. Right. So, we have a little area where they can go and be welcomed privately. Yeah. So when it comes to this, again, one of the big things is that we say set your people up for success. The best way you set your people up for success is by creating a great weekend experience. It has hospitality where mm-hmm. the, the message is open to outsiders, if not directed towards outsiders, mm-hmm. and has music that's accessible and then doesn't do anything to make them feel weird or outside. Comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, we are going to come right back and we will wrap up talking about sharing your faith and evangelization. In their upcoming book, Father Michael and Tom dig into one of the most important yet undiscussed topics in all of church world, money. Right off of their successful $15 million capital campaign, Father Michael and Tom give you strategies to fund your parish effectively. In order to complete our mission and vision as parishes and begin the process of rebuilding, we need to have funding available. Jesus had a lot to say about money, yet it seems to be something that we are increasingly uncomfortable talking about. This new book will dive into what Jesus says about funding the church and give resources to parishes for funding the new evangelization, whether it's a capital campaign for a building project or increasing the weekly offertory. You can find all the tools and strategies you need for raising funds for your parish. Be on the lookout for the new book from the authors of Rebuilt, coming fall 2019. Welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. Today we have been talking about sharing your faith and evangelization in the Catholic Church. And so, Tom, we have spent months talking about shaping a clear discipleship path and and so can we just review that before we wrap up today? Yeah, again, and kind of in the larger, even larger picture, a little bit of like mm-hmm. to be a successful parish, a healthy parish, you got to share your faith. You want to be welcoming the outsiders, creating a great weekend experience. And then we're saying for the insiders, how do you, sh- you want to shape a clear discipleship path? What do they need to do to grow as followers of Jesus Christ? Um, we developed these five steps. And so we think they're pretty comprehensive. You may want to say, I think there's something missing. Yeah, sure. I, I don't think you want to take anything out of the steps, but um, the they they both again build up corporate faith and they build up your people's personal faith in mm-hmm. your community. So I think the biggest thing is again take what we said a little long, develop your own or just mm-hmm. rip off and duplicate. Take yeah. ours and and do it. But it's so important. Okay, what do we want people to do with grow as followers of Jesus Christ and be very clear on that and keep again be cl- identify it create the systems and structures that make it easy for people to do that mm-hmm. and then communicate, 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 it. It, communicate over, over and, and over again. So again, if you, there's any of these you've, you've missed or want to go back to, um, and we could have spent 
I think we'll, pro- we'll probably wind up going over some of these de- deeper probably, and dig deeper. Yeah. Um, you know, the, our conference that comes up in April is a great time to come and interact with our staff and learn more. Mm-hmm. So that'll be April 27th and 28th. So got to put that on there. Yep. And we will radar. have breakouts on all of these steps and yep. maybe one on the entire structure of the steps and how to come up with them. Yep. But make sure as a team you are, again, working towards very clear discipleship steps for the people in your pews. Because if you're clear about it, then... You're going to help the people in your church grow. Great. All right. Awesome. I want to close it out in prayer. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Is that what that look means? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you that um, when we were lost, we were far from you. You sent your son to die for us. And God, we just pray that you would implant in all our hearts a desire to share your gospel, this good news with the whole world. And God, make our churches more successful, more um more successful, Lord, more impactful in sharing that good news. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 